Ayers on the Road, Parenting in a Modern World. Here's Richard and Linda Iyer. And here we are. Um, we are at home this week, which is nice. Although we yeah, burn you just, up the you, road. You were just on the road, though, because you came squealing in here, you know, like two seconds before we had to start. Two seconds. Come on. <laughs> you're exaggerating. But I did run. And uh, it's always nice to talk. In fact, um, speaking of on the road, we're going to be talking about being on the road with your kids today. Because summer is travel time, and uh, our crazy kids have been all over the world literally traveling, and uh, some with kids, some without kids. But traveling is fun. Well, it sure is. Well, I don't know, Linda. Do you think the average typical parent... If you said to that parent, um, hey, is it lots of fun to travel with your kids in the summertime? Do you think they'd say yes or no? Well, it depends on whether or not you have a video in your van. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. We never had anything like that. We, in fact, we didn't even have seatbelts for our kids. Hey, come on! We had games. We we had games like the alphabet game and the similar game. We had all kind of fun in that van. The best thing we had in that van was a speaker system. Oh, my goodness. I had a microphone right up in the captain's chair in the front, and I had more control over my kids when we were driving around in that van than any other moment because I could pick up that microphone and say, Hello, this is your captain speaking. <laughs> and they, I had a captive audience. They couldn't go anywhere, and I had so much more volume than they did that I actually got them to listen to me a little. I, I I miss those days. I know. They don't listen as much as they used to. But I do have to say that every time we got in the car, it was an argument over who gets to sit shotgun and who is going to do what. And we had so many systems when we got in the car after a long trip. For example, do you remember? This was kind of dumb. Um, we... Um, used to give kids a dollar, which wouldn't go very far now, and say, every time you argue, you get a black mark, 10 cents off, 10 cents off. But then when we get to the next 7-Eleven, you can spend what you have left. The next gas station, whatever, whatever you got left of your dollar, you can go buy something with it. And back in those days, you could actually buy something with a dollar or less. Yeah, and, uh, I know. Now it's going to have to be five. The black marks. They still, I think some of them do black marks with their kids because that impressed them so much. I don't know. We always say, you know, don't give punishments, give rewards. So there's got to be a better system. But well, you could, why, why didn't we just give them a, a, a green mark every time they did something good instead of, you know, because that just goes to show when you're a young parent, a lot of times you're on the defense more than on the offense. And we didn't really care if they did anything good. We just wanted them to stop doing things that were bad. <laughs> right, exactly. Well, you know, we did travel a lot with our kids, and um, we have quite an amazing result from that, which we didn't think about at the time. Well, let me before you get into that, just let me let me mention one other thing. And, and again, you listeners, we we love you, and we're glad you bear with us because. We often don't do a lot of planning before we do these shows for the simple reason that we think it's more spontaneous and less sort of, I don't know, programmed or prescriptive if we just talk honestly and candidly. And and 
The thing I wanted to say, I mean, you know, let's set this up for a second, Linda, and then I know where you're going, and it'd be a perfect thing to start with. But I, you know, I think if, if you say, okay, the title for today's show is "Traveling with Kids in the Summer," then what probably comes to most people's mind is how? How do you do that? How do you keep them quiet? How do you keep them from fighting? How do you keep them so that they don't go crazy after a long road trip? Or how do you? If you're going to fly in an airplane, how in the world do you get them to sit still and not disturb the other passengers, on and on and on. So a lot of people's minds, parents' minds, would go to the how question. But before we get to that, let's just quickly do some of the other questions. Why travel with kids? Big answer is because there's nothing more educational than traveling with kids, and we can go further into that. But where? Where do you travel with kids? Well, that's largely a function of your budget and of where you've got relatives and of what you've always wanted to see and of what places you think would be the best for teaching kids things that you think they want to know. So these are interesting questions. Where do you travel? Um, why do you travel? Um, um, you know, when do you travel? And for a lot, and that's the reason we're doing it today. For a lot of us, the when question really sort of has to be in the summer because it's the only time we have a vacation or it's the only time the kids are out of school. And well, the problem is that everyone else is traveling then too, so, you know, it's not ideal in every way, but I think that's usually the answer to the when question. Well, I I have to disagree with that a little bit because there are sometimes when you have to take your kids out of school to do something which teachers are not very happy about, but we did that several times with our kids, and we just, you know, we had to do it. We um, we have several examples. Um, one at Christmas time when we took a son who was a star basketball player at the high school. We took him to um, South America, to Bolivia and Peru, uh, where we installed a water system in a village on the Antiplanto. Uh, Antiplanto. How do you say that? Antiplano. The Antiplano. Anyway. Um, I mean, where we could barely breathe. But, I mean, this was a once-in-a-lifetime chance to do this. And the coach was not happy. And, you know, I don't blame him. We understand why there are rules and so on. And and yet it was once in this child's life that we'd be able to do that and to leave him home to play basketball just seemed a little bit ridiculous. So, so, so I agree. What you're saying, honey, is there, there are times you may have opportunities to travel uh, at some points, and it could be any number of things. It could be a business or an obligation you have where you have to travel, and there's a chance to take a child or several children. And a lot of people, I, well, I think well, that before, is a, that's a good caveat. A lot of well, people well, think I could never travel with my kids except when they're out of school, and we do beg to differ with that. Well, before we get past this, I have to say that we ha- our oldest daughter, Saren, and her husband, Jared, just took their five out of school just before the end of school and somehow they worked it out with the teachers and so on they got back for the last week of school but they had an opportunity to go to Bulgaria which was Saren's mission area she served a mission in Bulgaria 20 years ago worked in orphanages there worked in orphanages and have been in touch with the orphanages ever since and the kids have been raising money for these orphanages for every Christmas they have a children for children concert they uh, have, and we've talked about this before on the radio at Christmas time, because they do it every year. They have the whole neighborhood come in, present a little talent show, and then uh, the parents contribute to their talents by 
uh, offering money to this, these uh, orphanages in Bulgaria. So they had a chance to take these kids back. It was their oldest son's Eagle Project to take um, to buy books once they got there in Bulgarian and to give give them a computer at this orphanage, which they had never had, never seen. Were so excited. And then they went on to Italy, which was Jared's mission field area. And they had the time of their lives, but what an education that was for their kids because not only did they do this, but they, Saren is such a teacher, and she said, okay, everyone has to prepare a report on something that we're going to see because we're going to see all kinds of things that are world-renowned and that you'll remember the rest of your life. So everybody, get ready. You're going to present a report. And so... You know, it was a great educational experience for them. Hysterical. I mean, they could buy, the kids could buy one um, um, little thing that they could bring home. What are they called? Souvenirs. And um, it was so funny because the twins decided to get armor and helmets and so on, Roman armor and helmets when they got to Rome and uh, for Halloween. But they actually put them on and wore them all over Rome, which was uh, quite a head turner. And uh, they had such a wonderful educational experience. So we always say, should I say it or do you want to say it? Go ahead. Give it. I'll give you a drum roll. This is the thing you keep in mind when you need to travel with your kids and you want to, but the school and the teachers and the principal are giving you all kinds of grief about it. Here's what you say to yourself. Never let your schooling get in the way of your education. And it is true. Kids learn so much when they're traveling. Now, are we just flat out sort of making a blanket uh, recommendation to travel every chance you get with your kids? No. I mean, some people maybe travel excessively. Some people bite off more than they can chew on a summer vacation and try to take two weeks and see the whole country or whatever. And, you know, we've seen a lot of bad examples of traveling with kids where, People come home and say, why did we ever do that? I hope we never do it again. Mercy, we nearly killed each other. Why did we, you know, try to do so much in such a little time? We're tired. We're hot. We wish we'd stayed home. But that's, you know, that that happens not as often as the other extreme, which is people who just don't want to face the hassle of any kind of travel, so they take some little day trip or something, and they miss out on maybe doing some some of the kind of educational and service-oriented travel that would really indeed fulfill what you just said, Linda, that really would be a part of a kid's education. Well, you know, I think it is important to think back to your own childhood and how much you traveled. And maybe that's why we've become kind of obsessed with traveling because I grew up in Montpelier, Idaho, down in southeastern Idaho, Bear Lake County. And uh, the lake was 30 miles away from my house or less. But I only remember going there three times when I was a child because we had a farm and we worked. We had a garden and we worked. We were musicians and we practiced. And we did not travel. And so I remember we went to Logan once in a while and I remember asking my parents every 10 minutes when are we going to get there. And we traveled to Salt Lake, I think, two or three times. Oh, that was a big trip. And one time we went to California when I was a sophomore in high school. It was my first plane trip. Um, but, you know, when I think of that, I think how different our, our children's lives are. I mean, the first time I had ever traveled overseas was 
when we were called to be mission presidents in London, when we had four little kids, and I was 29 years old. And we have a 29-year-old, our baby daughter, 29 years old, who just got married last year and now has just returned from a trip around the world in 80 days. Now, go figure that. <laughs> this is the complete catharsis, the complete uh, turnaround, 360, of our growing up years. And maybe, and maybe many listeners would say, wait a second, that's just, that has nothing to do with reality. What what newly married 29-year-old goes around the world in 80 days? And, and she, by the way, she's the one that was in the earthquake in Nepal, and she was, she her last stop was Borneo, and so on. And that that is a really extreme example. But you know, you just you just tipped me off on something, Linda. Maybe the, because let's be honest here, you're the one with the travel bug more than me. You always have been, and maybe it's because it was pinned up inside of you all those years confined to a tiny town in southeastern Idaho. And then once you burst out, you just went kind of crazy. Do you well, know? No, I don't know. I do know that I always, once I got to college, I started thinking about traveling a lot. But I didn't ever think about it when I was at home. I had an idyllic childhood. I loved my I little know, farm and my know, little town know, and my bike and everything. But uh, And I wouldn't change and your that horse, for anything. your little horse, your little, little horse, horse foxy. foxy. And all that. And then my sister and brother my darling parents. Um, my dad was 13 years older than my mom, and he—I never thought about him as old, but it's not one of the things that it was his choice to travel. And so, you know, it really is—it it is a part of your childhood and so on. But what you really want. Well, so I think we want to take a little break, and when we come back, we'll get right into the thick of the how question: How in the world do you travel with kids? and live to tell about it. Ayers on the Road, Parenting in a Modern World. Here's Richard and Linda Iyer. And we're back talking about traveling with kids in the summertime. Or n- other times. I would, yeah, I, but I would guess, well, it's summer now, honey, and I would guess most, 99% of those listening, when they think of traveling with kids in the summertime and thinking about getting them in the car and driving somewhere, a road trip. A road trip's kind of a romanticized notion sometimes. Um, yeah. Well, some people really do love to drive, and, and, and it can be. I mean, I think the first thing for parents to do is in their own planning and their own thinking Uh, For whatever trip it is, whether you're going to drive down to Disneyland, whether you're going to drive up to Colorado to see Aunt Phyllis or just wherever it is, the first thing to do is to sort of create a mindset that is is positive, where in your own mind, I'm not even talking about the kids now, but in your own mind you're thinking, this is an opportunity. We're going to be out on the road. We're going to have kids in a car where where we, uh, you know, there's not a lot of distractions. What are our rules going to be? Are we going to ha- are we going to let them uh, watch TV all the time? Uh, are we going to let them play video games all the time? Are we going to let them play with smartphones all the time? Or are we going to have some times when they can do that and other times when we talk? In other words, see it as an opportunity for a kind of family communication that you rarely get when you're at home. And then, secondly, of course, think of you know what are our objectives on this trip. 
Um, and and you, I don't think it's enough to just say, well, we're just going to have fun. That's just what we're doing. We're going to have fun. I think I think if you think a little more about what are we trying to do on this trip, what are we trying to expose the kids to, what are we trying to teach them, what are we hoping we can talk about on the way. But having said that, let me let me hasten to add, don't lock those goals in too tight because another thing we've seen a lot of, happen quite a lot with families traveling is is the extreme where they have certain okay we're going to be you know we're planning every minute we're going to be here 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 we're going to talk about this 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 we're going to accomplish this 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 they get it all planned out and then you know you run into things you run into problems you run into conflicts you run into things that get you off course and you don't quite meet the schedule or you whatever and you get upset and it just spirals downward keep room in your family travel for serendipity which is really our favorite word relating to to travel because it essentially means you know finding something better than that which you had set out to find and that happens all the time in travel if you have the serendipitous attitude if you have an awareness that hey we don't know what's going to happen i mean isn't that the whole point of travel you don't know what's around the next band and part of what you want in a family travel situation is spontaneity and surprise and, hey, why don't we spend a little time here instead? I can call that hotel and cancel. We can stay here instead. You can find that flexibility is usually, don't you think, Linda, the, the people who, the parents who we know who love traveling most are the ones who don't over plan it. They have objectives. Maybe that's the key. They have goals but they don't plan every second or plan exactly how they're going to achieve those goals. They let spontaneity and serendipity take over occasionally. Yeah, absolutely, because you can't plan what you're going to see. It just pops up, and you have to take advantage of it while you're there. But I do have to go back to your first comment about um, having a goal when you are going on a short trip. Um, in the summers now, I have the chance to have my grandchildren for a few days up at Bear Lake, and we have a formal reunion for three and a half days, but then I have Grammy camps, and I have different groups of kids that I get to spend uh, an evening, a morning, I mean a night and a morning with, and uh, last year I decided to take our older grandchildren, our five oldest, to Star Valley, Wyoming, where my mother was born and raised. My grandfather built the first house in Freedom, Wyoming, Um, great-grandfather actually, and that great-grandfather also was a polygamist, had five wives. Our grandmother was the first. Careful, don't reveal too many families. Well, there's a lot of people listening out there that will identify with this, but I thought it was so important that those kids know where they came from. And so I have cousins that still live live there in Thane, Wyoming, and uh, we went out there. Nada Flukiger and Rama White and we, Chini, sorry, and we went out there and they gave us a little concert. This Nada, we came from Switzerland, and Nada, my oldest cousin, knows how to yodel. And we took them into the house, and she's a fabulous pianist. Sat down and played and yodeled and had the kids. I mean, she gave the kids music and so that, that was an out-of-body experience for those songs. kids. Oh my gosh, those little teenagers with these little old songs. She gave they were printed out, so they knew the words. And she played the piano, and she insisted they should sing those songs just like my mother used to. And honestly, it was such a fabulous experience. 
We went to the cemetery. We saw the graves. We had been talking about these ancestors. So in the car, I had them become one of the ancestors and tell their story on the way to Star Valley. There are so many fun things you can do in the car if you're if you think about what your goal is for this particular trip, and obviously you can't do that if it's a long, long trip, but this just happened to be an hour and a half that we could spend talking about ancestors and visiting things. It was one of the most fun yeah. things I've done. But that's an interesting concept of having a goal without a plan, having a goal but finding your way to it through sort of, you know, being flexible and spontaneous. And I think, you know, I think what a lot of listeners are asking right now, Linda, is, well, yeah, but how do you keep kids under control? How do you stop the conflicts and so on? And and a lot of people are inclined in this technological age to just turn it over to the smartphone or the TV. And, and that's fine, frankly. I mean, if you're going on a long trip, of course you probably ought to have some of that time where kids just sit there and watch something and be quiet. I wish we'd but, had that in our old van. Yeah, actually. I do too. But, but I think beyond that... Um, you know, the reward, uh, one real principle to keep in mind is little reward. So, so one thing about being with kids on a trip is you can say, now, here's where we're going to be tonight, and, and, you know, if we can accomplish these certain things, it might have to do with something you're trying to teach them or learn. Or it might have to do with just not misbehaving. It might have to do with, you know, being a tutor for one of the younger children. Whatever you, Whatever the goals are and whatever you want to happen, Set up a little reward so when we get there, you you will have uh, this opportunity or you'll have this much money to spend or just whatever you want to do so that you're dealing with the positive and you're not, uh, you know, you're, you're trying to get them to, to behave and learn and you're giving them a little kicker, a little bonus if they do that. Now, one other quick, I just want to mention real quickly because a lot of grandparents listen to this show and and you may be sitting there saying, oh, our days of having to fight those kids in the back of the van are over. But what you just said, Linda, is that sometimes taking a trip with those kids as a grandparent can be a huge blessing to the child and a real insight giver to you. I, I first, you know, I used to work for George Romney, Mitt Romney's father, who ran, who was the governor of Michigan and who ran for president himself way back when. And I was just a young guy, and I worked on his staff for a while, and I loved him. I, I, I liked him. He taught me a lot of things about politics, but he also taught me a lot of things about families. And one thing he used to do, and I've heard of other grandparents doing this, honey, but when his grandkids turned 12, he took them on a road trip. He took them on a motorhome trip. And every kid who turned 12 that year, and I guess if they had a couple, one was 13 and one was turning 12 or whatever, they'd usually have at least two, sometimes three or more kids on these trips. They wouldn't go every year just when someone had reached that age. And they would take those kids to Washington, D.C., and they would teach them politics. And and uh, one thing Mitt said to me once is that uh, uh, his kids – would say to him, you know, when we get back from a trip with Grandpa in the motorhome, we've learned two things. One is to love our country, and two is to love the Republican Party. 
I'm sure. Who knows what went on, but knowing George, I'm sure they also learned to love God more and love love freedom and a lot of gospel principles and so on. But don't don't discard the possibility of your grandparent of arranging to have your kid, your grandkids go with you, maybe at some certain age, and uh, do a little traveling with those grandkids without the parents. Boy, you learn a lot about kids when you're with them and not their parents. You sure do. And, there, you know, it's not like there's not going to be any fighting or anything in the back seat when you have grandchildren. In fact, I have the funniest memory of... Our, our little granddaughter, one of our little granddaughters, a fiery little spitfire thing, and we were in the car, and she was in the back seat, and she would not put her seatbelt on, and her sisters were, come on, you've got to put this seatbelt on. I said, we have got to put the seatbelt on, or we're going to pull off the road until you put it on. Wait a minute, Linda, you were driving along, and a kid didn't have a seatbelt on? Yeah. I mean, I didn't realize uh, that until uh, Rick, tell the kids, were uh, telling me. Grammy. Oh, okay. This child has this 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 child. My sister has not got a seatbelt on. So you know, in the old days, I would have oh, whatever. But now we got to have the kids in seatbelts. So um, it was pretty funny because I uh, she wouldn't do it. She would not do it. So I pulled over on the side of the road on the freeway, and I said, okay. I opened the back door and tried to get her to put that seatbelt on, and I stood up. And there was a policeman standing right by me. And he, of course, had pulled over to see if there was a problem. I said, yeah, there is a problem. This little girl will not put her seatbelt on. And it was, oh, my gosh, that child never had any problem with putting her seatbelt on. The police police have come for you. The policeman did it. And uh, that's a memory all of us laugh about now. But, you know, there are so many fun things to do with grandkids, not always trouble-free. Well, and there were many times in our old van traveling with young kids when even my microphone and speakers and the captain speaking didn't calm the kids down. And you can remember many times, Linda, pulling over and saying, you know, we're sitting right here until we get this resolved. And if we don't get it resolved, we're turning around and going back. And, yeah, you know, we've threatened to leave them there. Actually, we have yeah, left we, them. We, left, we have well, them, not on we, purpose, but we have left them a couple of times. We, 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 so we used to count off because we had so many of them, and we'd get, we'd get in the car. I'd say, count off, and the oldest would say one, and the second would say two, and we'd get through to nine. And one, and one time, we didn't think of the count off for quite a while after we'd left the gas station, and I finally said, count off, and one, two, three, four, five, six. No seven. There was no seven. And we realized we'd left Noah 30 miles. I shouldn't tell this, Linda, should I? No, but... 30 miles back at a gas station. It happened. We panicked. We turned around. We burned the road up getting back there. And, and luckily there was Noah sitting in a chair with the gas station attendant had given him a Coke. And he was just happy as a clam. And, and that was lucky. So So please, parents, get all the kids in the car before you leave. Right. We have some experiences we really can't tell about leaving kids. Um, not on purpose. But it really that's is. That's why you travel, though, Linda, for experience. And, that's right. And that's a good. We're, we're just about out of town. So we're out of time and out and of town. Camp. So close it off. All right. Well, we just wish you the very best with your traveling this summer, whether you're traveling with kids or grandkids. Enjoy it, because remember, this summer is only going to happen one time. Make the best of it. 
See you next time on Ayers on the Road.